Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Hey, how you doing? Hope you had a good weekend and I hope you're having a great week. Remember, plan it to be great. Make a plan. All right, first today, let's talk about smart city planning audits. That's right, smart city planning audits. I know there are companies out there that do this, but uh, I just want to talk about what you could do for a smart city that they could plan what they have. Maybe they've already started the initiative. Maybe they've already done an audit, but did they audit everything? And are they really looking at everything they could audit and could use? And I bring this up because it's uh, it's an interesting subject when you really deep dive into it. I mean, how do you know if you can do any of this if you don't know what you already have? It's really, it's really a way that you want to start out doing this smart, right? Get the pun, smart, smart city. But first, I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro, TowerTrackerPro.com, TowerTrackerPro.com. It's a software as a service that helps companies like wireless companies, specifically Tower Cruise. That's what it was designed for to do closeout packages and do them right the first time. What it does, it takes your device, whether it's a smartphone, whether it's an iPad or something like that, and you can walk through the closeout package step by step. So it will ask you questions. You can load your GPS data. You can take pictures as it requests. And you can do all that while you're at the site step-by-step step without missing anything. Then before the tower crew leaves the site, they can upload it to the cloud where someone back at the office can verify that the pictures look good, that the data is correct, that all the metadata is in each picture because God knows the carriers need every little piece of data to store it away. So they'll probably look at it, you know, in five years. But um, it's important because that's how you get paid and you want to get paid as efficiently and as quick as possible. So you only want to do one site visit. You upload it, someone at the office audits it, bam, done. Looks good. If they missed something or if they didn't take a picture that is, you know, of good enough quality, they can do it again. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction. Tower Safety and Instruction. They have a school out in Arizona for tower climbing specifically where they teach tower safety, tower, they do tower training. And they also do a lot of safety training like first aid, but they also have drone training for tower work, which is very specific and geared towards tower work. The other thing that tower safety, towersafety.com, the tower safety and instruction just started, towersafety.com, was telltechcollege.com. It's telltech-college.com, T-E-L-T-E-C-H hyphen C-O-L-L-E-G-E.com. Now, it's an online school where you can get some of your first aid training, some of your online classes, um, scope of work training. You have my books on there, all the important stuff. But you also have drone training. They have a very high-end drone training by on-man aerial experts teaching you about the ins and outs of drone usage at a tower site. It's pretty cool. Plus, there's uh, a friend of mine has some Anritsu ME7834L, 7834L equipment uh, for sale. He lowered the price to 210000 It's for device testing, CDMA and LTE U equipment. It's used mostly in the lab. If you want to take it in the field, you'd have to strip it out of the rack and take it to the field, but it's some pretty high-end equipment. So it's for sale 
on my link, Wade4Wireless, Wade, W-A-D-E, the number 4Wireless.com. And just go in there and check it out, okay? And also, uh, I just joined Patreon, uh, which is a donation company. It's pretty cool. So thank you, all my Patreon listeners. Now, what I want to do is uh, go into the uh, Smart City Audit. And uh, I want to talk about the way the Smart City needs to start somewhere with what they have. Even if they're not a smart city yet, they want to start somewhere. And like I said, how do you know what you can do if you don't know what you already have? Let's start with the obvious, the mounting assets, the lamp posts, the wood poles, the telephone poles, things like that. These are assets that you see every day, you, you know that's out there, but who owns what? Back when I did municipal Wi-Fi, and back, I just spoke with a company that did it uh, for several cities it's a headache trying to figure out everything that somebody has. And I got to tell you, I didn't really wasn't involved with going through the permitting and the zoning and all that. They usually had other people for that people that could stand around and wait in line for four hours. <laughs> permitting such a pain. I mean, it's so painful. A lot of times what they'll do if it's a small, like what cable companies will do is get a blanket permit. That way they still file the permits with the city. The city may come out and look at them, but the city gets their money for it and they have to make sure it looks good blanket permit. But the thing is, you don't know who owns what pole. And if you think it's if you think the city owns everything, guess again, it's not black and white. Those street lamps could be owned by the city could be owned by utility, you don't know, you need to know who owns what the wood poles, you don't know who owns those. And if somebody's on them, you don't know what the lease is with the company that's on there. That was a problem too. But let me just stick with the mounting assets for let's say lamp posts. Somebody needs to have this documented. I think if the city did an audit and they knew exactly who owned what, and probably a lot of them have done this since then. If you know who owns what, you're one step ahead. But you should really go beyond the lamp posts. You should look at wood poles, telephone poles. You should also look at what you can mount to out there. You should also look at the existing leases out there. And uh, I bring this up because in Nashville, and I didn't put this link in this particular blog, but in Nashville, there was a big hoopla about who could go on the polls when Google Fiber came to town. Uh, Google Fiber thought they had the rights to move people and to just go in the polls. Well, they had to fight with, say, Comcast, who already was on the polls. AT&T, they had their fiber on the polls. So you can't just go in willy-nilly moving people around. There's leases, there's contracts in place. So it's something to think about. You need to know who owns what poll, and you need to know what the agreements are with the people that are already on the polls. So I'll make sure that's in there. But let's face it, Comcast wasn't happy. AT&T wasn't happy. A lot of times these agreements include the first right of refusal. The audit should include more than just who owns what poll. They should include who is on each poll already. And what they should also do is maybe, I'm just throwing this out there, have the highlights of each contract if you're allowed to do that. Because if Comcast in the cities that they're in and the polls that they're on, they have pretty solid contracts for each poll. They pay to be on those polls. They didn't just go on them. Normally they pay. I, I don't know if they have any free polls or not, but normally they pay to be there. Just like AT&T does for, uh, what is it? I know it's Verizon Fios and it's AT&T... Um, Uverse, AT&T Uverse, they're both fiber to the home providers. If they put fiber in a pole and they sign a contract, they don't want someone coming in and messing with their stuff. Just like Comcast doesn't want somebody coming in and messing with their stuff. So when you go on this, and I think Google Fiber learned that the hard way. 
I think if they thought that if they just had the city's permission, they could do whatever. Well, let me tell you something that ends up in lawsuits. So look into what your city has, look into what is already out there, look into who owns what, whether the utilities own it, the city owns it, be very clear. And if you have a document that states that, maybe you could sell it to the companies that want to come in and they can do their permitting properly. I'm throwing it out there. It's worth a shot. If, it's, if somebody like Crown Castle does it, and let's say Crown Castle does all this research, what Crown Castle is going to do is keep it for Crown Castle. They're not going to give it away or share it with anybody. Uh, they might sell it, but I doubt it because they would look at that as a competitive advantage that they would have over other companies. Why would they sell it? And they certainly wouldn't give it away. That's the way I see it. So it's something to think about with the poles, the lamp posts, the way you run fiber, the way you mount radios to them, the way you mount equipment to them. It all plays in there. Cable companies know this well. That's why they go in guy wires a lot of time with their little Wi-Fi units. Light, easy, easy to power. And they can usually get a blanket permit for that. Now, the other thing, underground assets. I would have never really thought of this uh, till the manholes came around. And I think it's Katrine Antennas had that manhole antenna for Wi-Fi. I guess it would be good to know who owns a manhole. And it does matter. They're not all owned by the same company. Although I would think the water, the sewer company, but I remember telcos used to have a lot of them and that was something that they could do. So I'm just thinking about it. And the other thing is I know a company that has vaults that mount underground. They put a box underground under the sidewalk and to work on it, you got to lift a plate up or something, but it's a great way to hide the radios and routers. I thought it was really a genius idea. It's underground. That's another underground asset the city could have. If I were cities, I would hold on to that asset. Maybe you could have someone else manage it. But if you put a vault underground, under a side, if you're going to replace the sidewalk anyway, it's a great way to put wireless stuff in. Put a vault, put a conduit to the pole, put a conduit out to wherever the fiber comes in to the, you know, to the street or the tunnel or the sewer, whatever you run the fiber through. I think that's a great idea. The other thing, what about the routing of cable? You could have conduit underground ahead of time so people didn't have to rip up the streets all the time. And a lot of cities do this as well. You just go down in the tunnels, you're under fiber, then you just bring it up. I think that's a great thing. In cities, if you're tired of digging up your streets every couple years, why don't you do that? Why don't you just have conduit run underground? Do it, get it done, get it over with. That way, when someone new comes to town, they have a conduit they can fish through. And you can, that way you have enough there until the conduit gets full. I'm just saying it's worth a shot, and you should audit that. You should know what's out there. I'm sure you have it, something like it, but just make sure you know what's out there. One more thing to think about is your fiber assets. What I mean by this is a lot of cities have fibers run everywhere, all over the city to each building. If some of those buildings are shared by businesses and you have unused strands of fiber, maybe you could lease it, sell it, whatever, to these businesses. It's worth a shot, right? Why run a whole new, you know, whatever it is, 50 strands of fiber if you have 30 strands or even five strands left over that somebody else could use? I'm just throwing it out there. It would, and if you don't need it in the near future, and I'm throwing it out there because it's an asset that you could use, you could sell, and you could help your local businesses all at the same time. I would also audit that. Now, another obvious thing are building tops and towers. A lot of cities have their own towers, their own building tops. And maybe they didn't think of leasing some of them because they were too small. Because in the old days, we wanted height. We wanted to be up high. Well, now with small cells, we want to be down low. We want to be near the people. So those smaller buildings, there's a lot of advantage to having a smaller building down where the people are. 
you know, walls, you could mount to the walls, you could mount through windows, staircases, Wi-Fi, you could mount on the second or third floor. And I'm throwing this all out there because it's a viable option. You should know what you have and you should make that information available to potential customers, Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi providers, small cell providers, people like that. Another thing that's often overlooked are billboards. Now, I know the city probably doesn't own a lot of billboards in the city, right? But they should be prepared to permit and zone for the installation of radios to these Wi-Fi units. I'm sorry, to these billboards, whether it's Wi-Fi, IoT, or even small cells. Billboards are a valuable asset, and they're all over the city. And I bring that up because I walk through Baltimore. I walk through Philadelphia. I walk through Manhattan. I walk through LA. I walk through San Diego. They have billboards everywhere. You don't realize it if you're looking down. If you look up, you see the billboards are everywhere. It's really amazing. Even in Miami, I saw a lot. I couldn't believe it. Now, in the smaller cities, you have parking garages. Parking garages are often city-owned in some of the smaller cities. Well, I don't know about anymore, but they used to be. They used to be city-owned. I see a lot of city-owned parking garages or parking garages owned by hospitals this is valuable real estate you could use. And I'm not just talking about on the top level where you could probably put a structure in for a, a macro cell. You have lower levels where you can be right to the street. You can mount small cells too. You have staircases where you could put Wi-Fi in. And I'm just saying, why not just inventory this and make it available to everybody? And that way, if somebody wants it, bam, there it is. You got it. One more thing. Well, one more thing. I've got several more things, but street furniture. Street furniture, train stops, parks, benches, garage cans, dumpsters, recycling areas, kiosks, train stops, anything, anything that you can mount a radio to, bam, there it is. You can put something out there and you have more real estate that you can lease. If you have power to it, why not use it? You can run fiber to it. A lot of times now what I've seen in, in well, Manhattan especially, they're a great example with all their kiosks they have around out in Vegas, they have a lot of train stops within it with kiosks. And I would imagine they have Wi-Fi in a lot of them. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. But these are all things that you can use. They're all things that you could lease out for either small cells or Wi-Fi or something like that that could be a viable asset if you inventory. And people congregate at bus stops and train stops. Am I right? Wi-Fi would be awesome at those places. An interactive kiosk would be awesome at those places. Maybe even small cells to add coverage. Why not? You know, put it on there. Much of that stuff may or may not be city-owned or transit-owned or utility. I doubt utility, but transit or city is what my guesses would be. But you do have garbage cans. Do you ever see those big recycling centers and garbage cans or even they're, they're like dumpsters, but they're not. Those areas are usually big, solid, and they put them in such a way that uh, nobody can get to them. Now, I've seen small garbage cans with IoT sensors in so they know when the garbage is four empty. I think Orlando had a big initiative, Orlando, uh, Florida, here in the States. But why not use this stuff? Why not take advantage of it? My God, you have these assets. Do the best you can to roll them out and take advantage of it. But inventory it. Let it be known. Get the word out there. I, You know... American Tower and Crown Castle and SBA, they put all their towers, all their buildings, all their assets in a big document and online so people know that it's out there. They do that for a reason. You cities should do the same thing. You should do it for internal purposes for your rollout, and you should do it to advertise to people. You know, another thing I put on here, but I know it's not going to be very popular, is wireless backhaul, and I'll tell you why. 
you may have wireless or assets or point to multipoint because I did install a lot of that stuff for cities that maybe you could share and put someone else on. Or maybe if you're not using it, you could sell it and have somebody else use it and pay you rent for it. I'm bringing it up because it's another asset. Now, the last thing I put down is data collection. There is one thing that cities have that is very valuable to every business, every resident, every nonprofit in that city. That is the data that these cities collect. And as, these, uh, as technology advances, as data collection advances, as big data analytics takes off, you have so much data. You could share it for free, maybe a portion of it, or you could sell it. You could use it for anything. Small businesses, they needed to know how to roll out their business, what neighborhoods to go into next, what, what products they should sell, what time of days they should, be, they should be open or closed, what days they should be open or closed. Partners and nonprofits, and when I say partners, people that support the city, work for the city, consultants, business groups, nonprofits, obviously, anyone you know who's a nonprofit trying to help the people in the city, this could be really a game changer for them too. The more data you provide them, the better off they'll be to improve their existing service to help the city. Residents are always looking for what to do and what neighborhoods to live in. If you could provide them with enough data or show them what neighborhoods are up and coming, it would be amazing. It'd be a game changer. The residents would be so happy, they would just want to brag about where they lived, right? Because they have so much information being fed to them. And I'm not saying everybody. You always got your bozo out there that just doesn't give a crap. But what I'm saying is you have people that really care about the city and are proud of where they live, and they want to make it better. They want to be where the action is. Same as small business. If a small business is in your city, they chose it because they're making money. And quite frankly, they probably like it there. Why not help them help themselves? You have the resources. So my notes for this, I just want you to think outside the box. That's all. I have a bunch of links in there that may help you, different cities that did inventory and audits. I just think this is a good th place for you to start. And how do you know if you don't audit yourself? And you guys do audits all the time. Cities are constantly, I think annual audits, which is insane. They audit everything. Do they audit this stuff? And maybe you already audit it, but you just don't have it put together in a nice clean document. Here's your chance. Do it. Do it right. Make it look good. Hey, a couple more things. I have the LTE Deployment Handbook. That's right. The LTE Deployment Handbook for Small Cell, CRAN, and DAS just for you. I wrote that. And I also wrote the 5G Deployment Handbook. Again, the 5G Deployment Handbook. Again, for you guys. I also have a couple tower books I've written. And I also have the uh, Scope of Work tutorial. Different things like that. Just for you guys. So if you want something else or you want something different, let me know. And the other thing I started on, as if you couldn't tell with this Smart City theme, I'm putting together a Smart City Deployment Handbook, which is going to have a lot of this information and much more in it. I'm putting that together because I think... People look at smart cities in so many different ways that they don't realize what's available. And a lot of cities that do it, uh, they, they have different vision, different priorities. You have to decide what your vision, what your priority is. You have to decide what's important to you. A lot of larger cities are doing it. And a lot of smaller cities and towns want to have a more of a smart city initiative for a lot of reasons. They want to save money. Uh, they want to roll out new services. They want to be able to make money off leasing what uh, the small cell influx and things like that. 
it's a goal. They, they really, they want to maximize the assets they have. They're looking for new income and they're looking for savings, aren't we all? But they're also looking for new services that make the citizens proud to be there, to make the tourists want to come to their town, to make people want to come to their area, spend money, do business and grow the area. That's the key here, right? I mean, you really want to see how you can improve. All right, everybody. Be smart, be safe, and pay attention. Take care of yourselves out there. See ya. folks, it's available. The 5G Deployment Plan. That's right, the 5G Deployment Plan Handbook. I have the ebook out there for you in Amazon paperback, a full color 8.5 by 11 inch version, the Amazon Kindle version, the full PDF on Cellfi, and the full PDF on Gumroad. It's all about the 5G deployment. Go to wade4wireless.com and look for 5G Deployment Plan. It's in there just for you. Don't forget, you have the wireless deployment handbook out there. That's right, at wadeforwireless.com. You have the wireless deployment handbook that is on sale now, and now it's available in paperback on Amazon. Can you believe it? Wireless deployment handbook, available on Amazon in Kindle version and paperback, and also available in PDF. Go ahead, check it out, wadeforwireless.com.